We all experience grief in life due to the loss of someone or something that we are emotionally attached to. I know that grief seems to be an unusual topic for happiness, but yet it is an essential part of our life. Where there is life, there is loss, and with loss comes grief. I personally grieved on many occasions in my life. When I experienced heartbreak, when my dad got sick, when I lost my job, when my beloved colleague died suddenly, the list goes on. And I must admit, on all of these occasions, I rushed through grief without appreciating the positive and healing aspects of that process. To challenge my approach towards grief, I have invited Shelley F. Knight, the author of Good Grief, the A to Z approach of modern day grief healing. Shelley was a chemotherapy and an end of life nurse who is now a writer, providing an eclectic blend of clinical, holistic and spiritual expertise in her specialist subjects of positive changes and grief. I invited Shelley to share with us how to grieve well. I'm your host, Claudia Mitura, work psychologist and learning and development specialist, and this is End Happiness, a quest to explore the bold question, what makes us happy? Shelley, welcome to End Happiness. I am so excited that you agreed to be our guest. Thank you so much for having me. I'm truly touched. So today we're here to talk about I think quite unusual topic when it comes to happiness, grief and happiness. I think unusual, but so important because, well, life is full of adversities. And when there is adversity, there is loss. When there is loss, there is grief. And how we manage the grief is so important to our long-term happiness. So I'm just so curious how, first of all, you define grief. What is actually grief? When do we grieve as human beings? That's a really great question. And it's a question I actually love because I think when people hear the word grief, they always think of like death of a loved one. But it's not. That's like bereavement to me. Grief is the loss of anything with which we have an emotional connection. So when we look at the pandemic that we've been through, the loss of job, routine, finances, relationships, and certainly loved ones in that, when there's a big change in our life and we lose a way that's known and trusted by us, that triggers a grief response. And what kind of emotions then come with that grief response? So there's so many, there's over 100 different signs and symptoms with grief. And that can be like your physical, the mental, social, behavioural, spiritual. But we do tend to think of the emotional, the denial, the anger, the bargaining, the depression, the acceptance. But there's guilt, there's a rawness. There's a numbness or detachment. We can feel tearful. We can feel a sense of shame. But we're looking at grief and happiness. And there is almost sometimes that sense of relief. We look at our own mortality and think of second chances, new beginnings. We develop a sense of resilience or discover how resilient we were, but never knew until things like this happen. So there are happy parts, which is why I'm so passionate about good grief. Because, yes, we can get depressed, tearful, angry, but we can also feel uplifted, motivated, enlightened, and we can grow from it as well. Wow, fascinating. So this idea that grief 
have those different sides. And there is in psychology this concept of post-traumatic growth that, yes, you can be experiencing growth even if the events that we're experiencing are negative. There is that side of positive elements. How can we be grieving well? I'm really passionate about people when they grieve to just grieve. And that can be any way you like. So, you know, if you want to ugly cry, that's great. If you want to journal, get outdoors in Mother Nature, do that. But just be led by you, you know, because we know ourselves best. Don't be led by society here in the UK where you say you experience a loss, you never get over it. That's your life over. Always search for the positive and do what's right for you. And that might not be what you've been told to grieve like. You might have a twin who grieves one way and it's okay for you to be total opposite. That's okay. But I'm really passionate that people do grieve. They don't just sort of like push the emotions down. I think we're always so busy in life and that includes we're happy, sad, grieving. We always want to just skip to the end, get to the next bit. It just takes time to be with yourself, whether you've lost like a job, a way of life, a relationship or a death of a loved one. Just take time to be with yourself. Oh, that's so interesting what you're saying, that we're rushing through that process, that we want to get to end of that and kind of wake me up when it's over. I don't want to be dealing with all this positive, negative, mixed emotions, just such a spectrum of different emotions when we're grieving. Why do you think we have such an unusual perception of grief, of something we want to rush through and let's just be over with it? I think there's two main types and you have got the ones that just want to rush through it like oh my god this hurts just get me out the other side but then here like in the UK like through my nursing background I saw a lot of people with the opposite I witnessed how this is going back lost as in death of a loved one that they just get stuck in that death and they didn't move at all not quick not fast they just didn't move they just got stuck in that chapter of their life that became their life story so I think, I think it was William Winston Churchill said, like, if you find yourself in hell, keep going, because you don't want to be stuck in these painful parts, these challenging parts. But some people become stuck in grief and loss, where other people just think, you know, get me out of here. I don't like it. Where's the nice bit? And I see that a lot, not even in death, but when a relationship ends, that people think, I don't want to be on my own. Where's the next person? And we do just sort of like jump from one emotion, one experience to another or get stuck. So if we have those two opposite spectrums, one is you saying, I'm stuck in it. I do, I'm not moving. I'm not accepting what happened. I'm just not moving forward. And on an opposite spectrum, I might be just rushing through it. I really don't want to experience this. What can help us? to have more balanced approach that we are taking time to grieve but also we are moving forward and we accepting the changes that are happening around us i think there needs to be a want to move on but we were speaking about emotions earlier and i think a lot of people have shame regret and guilt this is more to do with like grief like bereavement when there's death of a loved one that you know i wasn't there when they passed i didn't see them in recent years if only i had what if and all that and that's when people get stuck i think people that move on as i said earlier about that mortality like facing your own mortality thinking like life is short i need to move on but i think if we're going through a loss of any kind whether it's death a relationship health finance list goes on it just comes back to what I said earlier, that 
just allowing yourself to grieve. I'd like to think we do know it ourselves. We live with ourselves each and every day from our first breath to our last. But I don't know if we always really know ourselves. And it's developing that self-awareness. Like, how do I feel today? Don't do the, you know, the past, what if, if only. Don't do the five-year plan when I've got this person, this bank balance, this age. It's mindfulness, really. Like, where are you now? How does it feel? And it might feel really yucky, terrifying, overwhelming. Thanks, but no thanks. But, you know, it's a great saying that what we're not aware of, we cannot change. And it's so true. And I think if we had greater self-awareness, was a little bit more courageous about being in that present moment, whatever it feels like, it keeps you grounded, aware, and it's your starting point. When you know what you're feeling like, do you feel really overwhelmed? Do you need mental health support from a doctor? Do you feel more spiritually aware? You want to start journaling, getting outdoors. When we start to be aware of how we feel in a loss, that's our starting point. But some people aren't getting to the starting point because they're stuck in the past, zoom into the future. They're not in the present. Yes, because the present sometimes, as you're saying, is too complex. It's too painful. It's just too much to comprehend. How that aspect of grieving impacts then our future happiness or current happiness as I mentioned it's quite unusual topic it might be positive of the adversity we're experiencing but how we can almost support our happiness through the fact that yes we are giving ourselves time to grieve I think we need to give ourselves more credit in life I really do and in my book it's got a very long title good grief the a to z approach of modern day grief healing I speak about mini deaths and it's what I'm saying about grief tonight is that it's not just death of a loved one. Grief is loss of anything with which we have an emotional connection. And so we have these mini deaths in life and that is the loss of relationships, direction, confidence, all these things that we lose. And we just go through those and we overcome those without knowing it, you know, like being bullied at school, horrible boss, bad relationship, issues with food. We overcome all these things in life, these mini deaths. And what we're not aware of is that we're getting these tools all along, these coping strategies that we personally work with that actually come up for us, that help us get to where we are today. And if you don't like where you are today, you know, always remember you've got a 100% success rate in life because you're still here. And so we have these mini deaths, these losses throughout life, and they teach you these coping strategies. And it might be like journaling, drawing, doing DIY, or talking to a friend, And these are really good skills. And so when we're grieving the bigger things in life, we're already capable. But I think we sometimes we don't trust ourselves enough. And so there's a lot of research in recent times about resilience and meaning. So when you're going through a loss, it is a painful thing. It's a confusing thing. But if you start to search for meaning, like why is this happening for me rather than why is this happening to me? We start to think of life lesson and I think we really learn from these life lessons. So I would say, look how far you've come. What do you turn to to get you through? I think it makes you look at your life and thinking, am I going where I wanted to go? I know in the pandemic with me, when that was starting to come in and things like that, it's like, am I where I want to be career-wise? Do I want to go back to nursing? Do I want to write my next book? What's really important in life? And I think when we have a loss... And again, if that's career, health, relationships or a loved one, 
it's a real wake-up call, isn't it? I think otherwise we just bumble through life and accept it. Like, you know, the partner's there, the job's there, the health's there. But when we start to lose these key parts of our life, we then have to look, you know, at these voids and these pockets in our life and think, is this what I want? And if not, change it. Yes. Oh, amazing, Shelley, because I'm really thinking that you're right. Without the loss, we take lots of things for granted in life. We think that's what it will be forever. And actually that mindfulness, that gratitude, that appreciation comes from the fact that we know that things are temporary and they won't last forever. Speaking about the lockdown, I experienced lots of losses during lockdown from close colleagues to loss of my job. When I look now back at that, it was so difficult from many different aspects, but what really helped me was that meaning and creating a different meaning in life beyond my job. And that was the biggest discovery for me personally and why, for instance, this podcast has been born and happiness because of other meaning that I was able to create. And that was because of that loss. But when you are in that mist of emotions, it's really difficult. It's really difficult to see that positive side. Yeah, it truly is. And as you say, we just go through life. We always think we've got so much time. But I worked at end of life as a nurse, and we don't actually have that much time. And I think from the pandemic, we've lost young people, healthy people. It was a real wake-up call. But it is that, I think, the Viktor Frankl, the Holocaust survivor, says that we don't suffer from suffering alone. We only suffer when we suffer without meaning. And I love that because whatever we're going through, and let's be honest, all of us, you, me, the listeners, we're all going through something on some scale today. But when we start to think, what's the lesson in this? It's just helps us to carry on I think if you get stuck just in the loss it's quite a lonely and isolating place to be but if you start to think sort of how can I grow from this is this where I want to be what am I good at it will help you to help yourself it truly will and how can we help those around us who are grieving because as you're saying we had so much loss since COVID started from lots of different angles in life. And I feel sometimes that it, we almost feel embarrassed to support someone. We're not sure, oh my God, what I supposed to say? And especially I think if it's in the situations of a loss of a loved ones, I kind of feel that other aspects are more fixable. Let me help you with your maybe career or let me help you with this different change in your life. But loss of loved ones, there is no fix there. They are not coming back as sudden, as unfair, as unpredictable, unexpected. They, they, they're not coming back. So how can we support those around us who are grieving? Yeah, it's a great question. And there are answers, there are. And I've been on the receiving end of some really bad grief comments. <laughs> and I'm laughing now because when it comes down to it, I would far rather someone said something than nothing. We can feel so isolated in our grief. We can feel invisible. We can feel like we don't matter or that we're weird or, you know, that, that, that awkwardness. I always say, say something. 
And we have this real debilitating fear of saying the wrong thing. And we do say the wrong thing. And that's not just in grief. You know, people say things all the time to me, which are a bit like, wow. (laughs) But there's human connection. There's communication. That's, you know, fabulous. What I say is if you're standing in front of someone that's grieving, that's someone that's died, whether that's the death of a loved one or death of an unloved one, because there was still that emotional connection. If you don't know what to say, then say, I don't know what to say. You know, it does what it says on the tin, as we say here in the UK. If you don't know what to say, that's your starting block. Just go, sorry, I feel quite awkward. I don't know what to say. It's It starts. They don't feel invisible. You started up communicating because we get a lump in our throat, don't we? We think the words aren't going to come. And if you just start with, I don't know what to say, I don't know, I for one think, I appreciate your honesty. I also think, again, it's a present moment thing. So you don't have to say like, oh, you'll be fine in the future, you know, it'll get better, they're in a better place and all those kind of things. Just say like, how are you feeling this morning? How are you feeling this afternoon? Because days seem really long when you're grieving. And I find it quite a throwaway comment, I think is what I'm trying to say. When people say, you know where I am if you need me, the griever's not going to reach out. So while you are there, just say, what can I do for you right now? You know, or just turn up. If they're a friend or a sister or whatever they are, you know this person. They haven't changed, just their life has. So just, you know... Would they like flowers, a bottle of wine to go for a walk, help with childcare? Just keep being you so they still feel like them as well. So it's kind of like acting normal in an abnormal situation. Mm, mm, So that connection, it doesn't need to be perfect, but that connection rather than ignoring it and thinking, because I don't know what to say, I'm going to say nothing. Any other practical tips that you would give around good grief I think the key thing is just to really tap into your grief don't be led by society I mean the way we grieve is kind of inherited from what we've witnessed so like if your parents were crying speaking openly about you know loved ones and keeping their memories alive we a lot better with grief for those are sort of swept it under the carpet as we say here you know it's quite hard But I would just always become aware and tap into yourself. Do you want to cry? Go for a walk. Do you want to be happy in your grief? Do that. And I would say, whether you're grieving or not grieving, like 10 minutes every day of your life, just tapping in. How was today at work? How am I feeling? A gratitude journal at the end of the day. I think writing is so therapeutic. Obviously, I'm an author, so it's probably slightly biased. But I do just think, find a tool you like. Is it doodling? Is it doing like word game? Is it speaking to someone, a journal? But every day, just bring your awareness back to you. Really know that you matter. Do you think we feel guilty when we're grieving that we're feeling happy in certain situations? Is there an element of guilt there that, oh, I'm grieving, I'm supposed to be grieving, and actually... I'm happy. I've seen it a lot, particularly in like widows where they're sort of like they have that survivor guilt they're left behind. But as you say, if you've had a difficult relationship or if that person was ill for a long sense of time, you do get this sense of relief and you, you do realise life's really short and you think, oh, I want to find love again, I want to live again. And it is a starting over. But there is a guilt with it. But there's some fascinating research that shows widows, if they smile in the first, I think it's the first three weeks of grief, 
make a better recovery. Those first three weeks to three months, if you're happy, you're smiling, you're getting out, they do fare better in the long run. Men remarry after death of a loved one within the first 18 months and women are more like seven years. But the actual healing process women are better at because they're allowing that time to heal. But no, do smile. Whether you're smiling because of the memories or smiling because of new beginnings, smiling because you're alive, then always do that. You know, one of the regrets of the dying that I learned as my role as a chemotherapy nurse was allow yourself to be happier. And I found that so sad at the time. But these were my dying patients and they'd always played down their happiness, you know, fitted in with what their parents want them to become. Allow yourself to be happier in grief, in life. Just be happier. Just be happier. Oh, and, you know, this, this is really the premise of the podcast about what makes us happy and how can we be happy. What makes you happy, Shelley? The little things in life. I think when I was younger, it was always the big things like, you know, that amount of money in the bank account, traveling the world. But now your children draw a picture and they put it on your desk for you. A little date night with my husband. I work in a school and the amount of cuddles I get or the thank yous I get, you know, the little thing. I think when we look back at the end of our life, we'll realise the little things were the big things all along. The ordinary moments that really bring that happiness. And I find that those ordinary moments can really, really help us through when we have no answers about the future. And we don't know how we're going to get it through. We just go from moment to moment. And that ordinary moment is something that can sustain us. Yeah, I'm a mum of four children. And I am really passionate about getting them to look to find the extraordinary in the ordinary. You know, not always expecting a life of fireworks. Find the joy in every day. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much, Shelley. This was absolutely amazing. My perspective on grief really shifted through this conversation. So thank you so much. Oh, bless you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you, Shelley, so much for challenging our perspective on grief. My father is currently undergoing a tough time health-wise. And what really resonated with me from Shelley's advice is the following. One, do what is right for you. Think what activities help you to deal with the grief process. Personally, what helped me to boost my resilience and reset my brain was to write every morning. Just a paragraph towards my coming book, The Alphabet of Happiness, helped me to be more positive and supportive towards my father. Two, Pause and reflect, what do you need to deal with your loss today? Don't think about the past or what the future could bring, but what could you do now? This approach really helped me to concentrate on spending quality time with my dad rather than ruminating on the worst case scenarios. And finally, if you are supporting others in their grief, show up for them, create a positive distraction and show that you care. Yes, it is awkward to talk about grief, but showing your support means more than words. If you have enjoyed this episode and would like to stay in touch, sign up to our podletter on unhappiness.co.uk and also share this episode with those who are grieving currently. Let's help them to rip those benefits of the healing and positive aspects of grief. And next time, don't forget to join me for Human Brain and Happiness, 
let's see how that little things we have under our skulls is actually driving our happiness. <laughs>